one. All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And I am super excited today uh, to have a uh, guest, Mike Milliken, uh, who's got a very interesting background for, you know, we talk a lot about population health, but we, we, there's also this dimension of people that are really passionately focused on population health for universities and, and colleges. And, and uh, Mike represents uh, this important sector. Uh, again, my, my name is Anthony Diaz, founder, CEO of Health Hero. We're a digital population health company. But what's most important is this show is about talking about fringe health topics, best practices in pop health, which is what population health is about anyone that is accountable or responsible for making more, more than one person healthy in this world. So, um, Mike, welcome to the show. Um, maybe you can give a, a, you know, an intro of yourself and, you know, tell us your origin story. Cool. Well, thanks, Anthony. I really appreciate you thinking of me and having me on the show um, so I am, I'm Mike Milliken and I'm the college wellness program manager at Bates College, which is a small liberal arts school in the Northeast in the state of Maine. And Maine is where I grew up. Uh, I actually grew up in a town called Farmington, which is in the foothills of Maine. Uh, definitely cold winters, uh, not far from the mountains. So I got some skiing in uh, as, a, as a kid and I still try to do that today. Um, but Definitely uh, grew up as a pretty active kid, uh, definitely a, a kinesthetic type learner. And so I've, I've always been a mover and that has sort of guided me into the, the wellness field. I went to college right, right in Farmington at the University of Maine at Farmington and I studied community health education. And it was there where I kind of developed uh, this, this passion for wellness and particularly around exercise uh, so I had uh, a couple mentors there that were super influential in in the field of exercise and nutrition, and uh, and, and so I so I got into you know, a, a personal training right in my first year of college. I became a certified personal trainer. I worked at the fitness facility there at UMaine Farmington and. I got the opportunity to work with both students and members of the community who came in and got personal training uh, or were participating in some group fitness classes. And, and I, I, I instantly kind of gripped on to that, uh, the notion of being able to uh, influence others as I was influenced by some of my mentors there, there at Farmington. Um, and I think there was a distinct moment in college where I had, I don't know if you'd call it an epiphany or what, but where I realized where that you could actually change kind of the trajectory of the quality of your life by things like exercise and what you eat. And to me, that was really powerful. Um, and so I, I decided to grip onto that. And um, 10 years later, I am uh, the, the wellness program manager at Bates. Uh, you know, trying to trying to do uh, as much as I can to keep people moving, to keep people as uh, stress free as as possible. Uh, that's a tall order, um, but um, yeah, I'm 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 psyched to be here and to to talk about health and wellness with you. Awesome, awesome, Mike. Now we we appreciate you having on uh, having you on and um, the perspective that you bring, which is also very exciting. You know, I think a lot of our listeners, including myself, you know, um, that have passions for 
health promotion and health engagement and being able to converge that in a university type environment where the energy is high, you can make a big impact, um, seems just like an ideal job, you know? And so I, I, I can hear it in your voice. I vote, you know, from knowing you for, you know, a few years now, you know, obviously that, that passion and, um, you know, comes through, uh, Mike, you've touched on a couple of interesting dimensions to health engagement, which is, you know, exercise and eating, and maybe you can um, describe a little bit your your passions for the space and how you've looked at, you know, maybe some trends or some sub areas that you're very passionate about in exercise and or nutrition that you've worked into, maybe some of your wellness programs or you know some some uh, some things that you're excited to work in, you know, even more. Sure. Yeah, um, definitely. I don't think that there's uh, a whole lot of questioning of the benefits of exercise. I mean, we right. we all pretty pretty much uh, can embrace uh, the fact that moving more is 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 going to have powerful benefits across the board. Um, so, um, so I don't. I mean, I guess I don't need to go into that a ton. Um, but what what we found at the at, at the college level is if we can get people thinking about moving to start as a baseline, because a lot of people, would, you know, if you don't have a regular exercise program, it can be intimidating to get into that space. And so what we've tried to do is promote what I would call NEAT or non-exercise activity thermogenesis or non-exercise activity, which isn't your traditional exercise that you think of like lifting weights or on the treadmill or elliptical or whatnot, but it's, but it's just moving a little bit more throughout the day. Some people might describe it as, as puttering. Uh, some people might, uh, describe it as parking a little bit further away than usual, getting some extra steps in, taking the stairs instead of the elevator. You know those those kind of little things, and what we're seeing with the research, and I and I'm sure that uh, a lot of your listeners are familiar with this, but the power of moving frequently throughout the day uh, is you know, there's tremendous health benefits from that, and you know, there's I think we probably have have all seen um, some of the research on sitting and sitting for mm-hmm. longer bouts, like four or five, six hours at a time, uh, when you're you know super sedentary. You know what some of that research is saying is even if you sit or even if you exercise for you know you might have an exercise session for thirty minutes or forty minutes or or whatnot, but then if you sit the rest of the day, you're not gonna get as much of a benefit as as you may even if you you know you didn't exercise at all but you were just active throughout the day, you know whether it be um you know getting up and and walking um across campus, for example, or going for short, short bouts of, of, uh, of movement. Um, so we're, we're seeing this, uh, this powerful research that's just saying frequent movement, uh, throughout the day is, you know, may even have more, more power than just, uh, than, than just one exercise bout and then, and then sitting. So what we've done over the past few years is try to, to, to harness onto the, um, the device community or to the, to the like Fitbit, for example. Um, but the activity tracker community. And so we've actually partnered, uh, with Fitbit uh, Mm -hmm. to, you know, to get people thinking about moving a little bit more in, in that capacity. Mm -hmm. And, 
And so what we've seen from these activity trackers is it's it's kind of like if you're familiar with the Hawthorne effect. Um, right. When you know you see you know that somebody's watching you, or you're essentially you're just watching yourself by having the device on. That kind of automatically changes one's behavior just because you know you're being tracked, or even if you're tracking yourself. So you see, okay, you wear the device for a few days in a row, and you say, okay, I'm averaging 6,500 steps, for example. I think the just. Uh, and it, it all depends on on one's personality, but oftentimes the the response is, "Well, can I get to seventy five hundred steps or eighty five hundred steps or maybe ten thousand and mm-hmm. it, so we're seeing the power of of that effect um and and what it's doing is it, it's influencing these kinds these kinds of things like taking a walking meeting or walking you know at lunchtime or taking the stairs it's influencing this neat this non exercise activity uh which which a lot of the research is supporting from from a health benefit standpoint so so we've embraced the fitbit We've done several team challenges uh, with the device. Um, you know things like virtual. We have a virtual Appalachian Trail where uh, we've had groups get into teams, and, and you know they're they're not actually doing the Appalachian Trail, but of uh, they're they're taking their steps and putting it um, you know on on a on a website. You're seeing kind of your progress uh, from Georgia to Maine, which is. Just a nice way to to keep people engaged, oh, yeah. keep people excited about it, um, and so, that's through Fitbit, right? Yeah, we've done that through through Fitbit. Um, that was actually we used Fitbit for that, but we used uh, ShapeUp was mm-hmm. was the platform that we used for the virtual Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, you you see a a giant spike in activity levels of the people that are participating. Um, of course, that while the challenge is happening, the spike goes up and then the challenge ends. And you, I think generally the spike probably or it, it probably drops back down at that point. But you know, one thing that that we're hoping is that it might when it does drop back down, uh, say the global average was 7000 steps to start. You have a, a spike in. Uh, like a like a program like that, and then you know the the average spikes up to twelve thousand, and then after the the program ends, well it, it drops back down, but hopefully it drops back down to like eight thousand. So you, so you're you're up and then you're down, but you're not as you know you're you're still a little bit more active overall. Hopefully that makes sense to to the listeners, but um, mm-hmm. that's kind of the trend that 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 we've seen, and I know that Fitbit's kind of been pushing that as well. Um, but that's um you know. You get the movement um, portion of that, but for for a college community like like ours, it, it it allowed our employees who were participating to get into teams that had different representatives from different departments. So, for example, some folks in the dining department might partner with somebody at admissions and facility services. So, so one you I mean you have um, you you just have a little bit of camaraderie across departments, which I think. Uh, socially and just uh, culturally at, at the college was was pretty powerful. So you had the movement thing, but then also um, it was good just for a camaraderie perspective. So so that's one thing that we've we've embraced around movement. Um, and another thing, I'll I'll bring it to uh, to to nutrition. Uh, one one thing that we've that we've done with nutrition is. 
Well, we've done a couple things. Uh, we've we've incentivized em- employees who are participating in, in these types of programs with our it's called a salad bar sticker or salad bar discount sticker at uh, it's called the Den is our cafe that most employees a lot of students eat there as well for for lunch and there's a salad bar there where you 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 end up paying for your salad by the ounce and the incentive is if you get the sticker the the cost it's ten cents off per ounce so. So we're seeing it's it's actually become a, a, a prized possession to get that sticker, at, but it's it's an incentive that sort of reinforces the healthy behavior because they're there at the salad bar and saving saving mm. some money. So so that's one thing that we've we've done around nutrition, and another thing that we've done over the past uh, couple years is partner with a group called Nutra Savings, which. Mm-hmm. They are a grocery store, uh, a healthy grocery shopping program where employees can create an account through NutraSavings and then pair a rewards card with their grocery store. So uh, up here in the Northeast, we have a couple of grocery chains are Hannaford and Shaw's. And so what you would do is you'd, you'd create uh, an, a rewards account with Hannaford, for example, and then you'd pair it with your NutraSavings account. And when you go to the grocery store, you, you scan your rewards card and it feeds into your NutraSavings account and gives you a score of your basket, Healthy, healthier foods being a higher score at zero to 100. So fruits and vegetables are generally up in the 100 range and Cheez-Its are down around 30. So it's, uh, it's, it, it's been – psychologically, that has, has definitely – uh, got people thinking about what they're eating, and we've also matched some or, or or paired some some little kicker incentives for for employees to to eat healthy or, or to shop healthy. So, so that's that's one thing that we've done around nutrition uh, that's that's been that's that's been pretty successful at this point. So, but though we are in our yeah. just in our second year on that, and so it'll be interesting to see where it goes. No, I, I love it. I think you've touched upon a few trends that keep emerging, not just on this show, but obviously just anyone that's in health engagement, promotion, and wellness. Um, sitting's a new cancer, right? You right. Know, or yeah. a new smoking, I should say. Um, sitting's a new smoking. Um, you know, um, full confession, I'm talking to you right now on a standing desk. So, you know, since I've been doing it, um, I no longer want to sit down eight to five, right. you know, Monday right. to Friday. At least, which which is the times that you know we can meet with people, and it's you know it's done a lot of wonders for me. You've also touched upon you know the integrating exercise, you know, not try not to make it an event. It sounds like right, you know, integrating it as much into your day to day as much as possible. Um, so the integration of exercise, the, the 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 standing, walking more than sitting, and um, you know I, I think you you know um, you know you know you've touched upon some interesting nutrition elements. Um, but obviously, you know, resilience, uh, meditation and mindfulness and things like that. Um, can you talk a little bit about how maybe, um, how you guys were thinking of resilience training and mindfulness and, um, and, you know, just like you're doing these scalable approaches for nutrition and with like the nutri savings, you know, how do you use some of the digital platforms to make, um, um, encourage standing, to encourage, you know, the integration throughout the day. I think you've touched a little bit on that, but maybe you can elaborate a little bit more on those on those dimensions. Sure. Yeah. So we we have done 
in the past year or two, we've, we've brought uh, a little bit more focus towards the concept of mindfulness, uh, resilience training um, is another way of looking at it. But we've definitely, it's, it's amazing sort of the explosion of research around mindfulness. I mean, it's not necessarily a new concept, but it, we're seeing it more and more in the workplace as a powerful tool for, for wellness, um, but also just culturally at the, at the university and dealing with stress. Um, I think there's, you know, there's, there's no doubt that stress is a major contributor to the disease process. And to be human is to experience stress, but how we react to that stress, uh, you know, can can definitely be tweaked and uh, improved with a little bit of a little bit of work. So, um, the way that we've integrated that kind of thing. Um, done a little bit on on the digital platform um for example i i actually just went uh, on facebook live yesterday uh on our on our be well we have a be well uh, the be well is the name of of the wellness program uh-huh. um on our on our facebook account we just went i went live yesterday and did a quick breathing practice that took about two minutes but um it, it's integrating those kind of things throughout the you know, throughout the day, I think are really powerful. Um, it's, it's fascinating. Um, and this is nothing new. This is thousands of years old, but the power of breath and how it influences the autonomic nervous system is, mm-hmm. is, is just, it's fascinating. So, um, so that's, I mean, we haven't done a whole lot digitally with the mindfulness thing, but that's, that's a, a start anyways. And I think we'll continue on that trend to start to offer those, those things, you know, during the work day. Um, but in addition to, uh, to that, we've, we've started to offer, uh, weekly meditations that are, are hosted in our, we have a multi-faith chaplain, uh, chaplaincy that we've partnered with and we have a chapel right on campus that uh, you know at monday mondays at noon there's a, a, a led or a guided meditation usually there's a different person guiding it each week sometimes students will guide them uh, so there's opportunities to you know during the day you might break off and you know in, instead of going to lunch or before you go to lunch or after or whatnot, pop into the chapel and sit with with your breath for for twenty minutes, which I think is is a good way to sort of reset your focus at kind of midday. So we've offered that, and we've also partnered with we're we're located right next to a hospital, St. Mary's Hospital in Lewiston, Maine. We partnered with is actually a Bates grad, Dr. Ann Brown, who is an integrative health practitioner. Mm-hmm. who has been leading a a 10-week course on mindfulness-based stress reduction that meets weekly. And we've had tremendous results from that. And I think we're we're getting into our fourth session right now. Each each class is, I think, 10 to 15 people or so. It's smaller classes. But one of the hopes is, is that you know, each semester we, we keep putting people through this class. And so the numbers just continue to grow. And the hope is that culturally we'll have more and more people that are aware of the, you know, the, the power and um, just, just the benefits of, of mindfulness and meditation on campus that, that culturally, you know, it, it, hopefully it will really start to 
um, take hold um, because again, um, I think it, our our ability to to deal with stress can can really um, have a profound impact on our on our health. So that's kind of what we're doing around mindfulness and and uh, and stress management. I should also say that we're we've been doing a mindfulness lunch series with you know each each month we'll offer a different wellness lunch or a, a, a mindfulness lunch where we'll have different speakers come just talk on the on the concept of mindfulness um and that's just gotten kicked off and we've had a, a great response to that so having those kinds of opportunities um during the workday i think are are embraced hmm. by by the, the staff and faculty mike let me ask you really quick do you have any testimonials we hear this a lot and um Two two questions for you. Why is mindfulness so popular now than it was just even like 36 months ago? And then do you have any testimonials of people going through the 10-week course on some changes or some specific benefits that, that you know, maybe one or two people have mentioned that they've really experienced? Sure. Yeah, I you know it's it's interesting in the the first part of the question why is mindfulness so much more popular now um that's a that's a fascinating question i think um dr i think john cabot zinn based out of umass has mm-hmm. has done a lot of work in in popularizing it and i i mean i think that there's been a, a lot of research that's actually looked at mindfulness so you know he he's kind of the first person that comes to mind but i don't i don't know if i have a great answer for that um i i wonder if it's it's a it's sort of a reaction to the world that we live in it is so hard to be mindful these yeah. these days you know there's i you know how many devices do we have um you know ipads iphones um computers tvs it's it, it's really hard to to be mindful. So I don't know. I mean, and you know, that's just a thought. I don't know if that's, if that's, um, you know, if there's any evidence behind that, but maybe it's a reaction, um, to, to, uh, you know, to the world that we live in. I mean, maybe we just need it as a, as a population more than ever because of, because of the way that society is. But, um, mm-hmm. um yeah, terms, I don't know that, yeah. I don't know that answer either. Yeah. Just to elaborate. I mean, I don't, you know, uh, it, it does feel like we have so many different access points to us now in different communication channels. Um, potentially, it's just the the near you know need to keep up and being tapped in and online all the time. I don't know about you, but I, I think I've switched context probably about thirty six times today. Sure, um, right. And so you know, it feels like a lot more context switching than before. I don't know. I'm speculating, but I, I it feels like we're on the same page that you know we're just getting bombarded with a lot more. Sure. So yeah. So I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe that does have have something to do with why mindfulness has become so popular. Um, it's ironic. A lot. I um I have sort of a mindfulness practice myself, but uh, it's ironic because I'm uh, I probably wouldn't have it if it weren't for the device. The device because I'm playing it on my phone, or I have guided mm-hmm. meditations that are coming right from my phone. Um, so I think there's just some irony in that um what do you use i I mean i use calm um uh, yeah what what do you like i've used calm i also got into uh will so w-h-i-l 
Huh. Will is um yeah, I um I learned about them this summer. I think it's like the maybe the former president of Headspace is is um is the one who's who's rolled this out. They've actually rolled it out. I think their intention is to roll it out for larger groups or um, employers, uh, but they have just a base uh, a base model app where you can you can get some guided meditations. It's it's really it's not necessarily meditations as much it is about learning the basics of mindfulness and how to incorporate that in into your day. Um, so so that was actually something that you know I I've been using on a on a, a pretty regular basis. Uh, but I yeah I mean I also use. Um, I'll just go off a, like an internet browser on my phone um, is uh, Tara Brock, tarabrock.com. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of her, but I, I really like her, her style. So uh, she's got, uh, yeah, she's got uh, a, a great style. So lately I've been into her guided meditations, but so, yeah. <clears throat> Can you hear me, Mike? Mine are cut off here. Hello. Uh, hi, listeners. So we might have some dead he- air here while uh, hello Mike is hopefully getting back on. But if not, what we may do is you know just cut the interview off here. But just kind of to recap, um, you know what Mike was saying about mindfulness and meditation. Um, you know, hopefully for our listeners, this has added a tremendous amount of value on a couple dimensions. Nutrition, uh, activity, and integrating those types of things throughout the day. And, you know, the concept of, you know, developing a mindfulness practice is not necessarily what I'm saying, but it's it's definitely something that Mike over at Bates College is getting a lot of um, expertise, or I should say experience in, and seeing some powerful, important results. So hopefully this was of value. I don't think there's a reason to re-record uh, you know, another episode because there was such valuable content um, that was that was authentic and coming from Mike's passion. Uh, probably the last question I was going to ask him was, you know, um, you know, what's the first 60 day, minutes of his day look like? Um, he has shared with me in the past that he's active in rugby. And if you can see by his background on LinkedIn, if you want to get a hold of him, his name is Michael Milliken. Uh, he's with Bates College as well as well program manager. He's very active in rugby strong background in community health education. So anyway, hopefully everyone enjoyed this. I'll end it here. Apologies for the misconnection, but we are pretty raw and authentic here. And uh, it's just about getting two or three important tips out there to all of our listeners. So again, my name is Anthony Diaz. I am the, um, the host of the Pop Health Show. Hopefully this was of value for everyone. Thank you so much, everyone.